Welcome to this brand new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. This podcast is hosted by Mark van Horek and myself, Elias Krum, and brought to you by Marketing Guys, the MarTech agency based out of the Netherlands. Welcome to this new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast, on which I today have Hanneke, Hanneke Vogels, who is the author of SalesTech, um, a book she brought out this year. Um, and she's also the managing partner at Strice. Um, Hanneke, could you please introduce yourself? Hi, guys. Uh, yeah, sure, I can. Um, oh, where to start? I'm um, like, just start with the basics. I'm 41, living in the Netherlands, and I have twins, and, uh, eight years old. I have to say almost nine because that's important to them. I'm married. I do martial arts. And when I'm not doing all of that, I have a consultancy practice in sales technology. And I wrote a book about sales tech um, to help entrepreneurs speed up their sales. Cool, cool. So for your listeners, typically I am the host of the Marketing Technology Podcast. But today I have Mark, uh, Mark van Hork with me. So Mark is going to start off with asking the questions uh, to Hanukkah, right? So I, I'm, I'm giving the floor to you here, Mark. Okay, thanks, you, Elias. Okay, hi, Hanukkah. So we meet again. We uh, did, yeah. Yes. We met each other at the PIM Marketing Literature Prize 2023, and your book was nominated. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, that's a great thing, uh, but you wrote a book about sales tech. How did Isn't you... Isn't that funny? Did you expect that to be nominated for a marketing award with a book about sales tech? Uh, well, the the short answer is no, because the book was written for sales bosses to speed up their sales entrepreneurs. Uh, but on the other hand, it's not that crazy because Mar- I don't know I don't know why marketing and sales got separated in the first place. But for me, it's pretty logical to have them together and work together. Uh, so uh, in, if you if you follow that perspective, it's uh, it's a very logical choice that the um, uh, jury made my book part of the nominees. Yes, and why why do you think that sales tech is also important for marketers? Haha, big question. We only got 20 minutes, right? Um, Yeah, I think that if you separate marketing and sales, you get yourself in pretty much a lot of trouble. It's pretty hard if you if you like actually separate it to uh, give that customer uh, an excellent customer journey. Um, And when it comes to tech, I think that marketing and sales should have the same base, the same database. Um, because, well, you have leads, you have nurturing, you have actual sales going on, you have existing customers. So it just doesn't stop. It's not a linear process. It's a maze that goes everywhere and that customer is the center of everything. So you'd want to work together like on a base level in your tech as well. Yeah, it makes completely sense. If you're using, if you expect, that the customer is the center point, then it doesn't make sense to uh, make a big difference between sales and marketing. And we, we both use technology, so yes. Um, sales technology, well, it's not something that's new for salespeople. I guess that every salespeople knows what a CRM is, don't they? Right, we've, we've been having CRMs for 40 years. 40 years, gosh. Um, 
and CRM was not not invented for sales. I think it was invented for accounting to have a prediction about what sales is going to bring in in the in the future. But um, the thing I see a lot, Hanneke, is that um, CRM has been the only thing for sales the past forty years. Is that something you're recognizing? Uh, yeah, unfortunately, yes. That's definitely the case. Uh, I still hear a lot of business leaders saying, well, we're not going to give our people any more tools because they're not filling in CRM anyway. So mm-hmm. why should we Why should we give them more? They're not going to use it. Um, and there's uh, in my book, I write about that. The biggest reasons why people don't give salespeople more tools. Um, and one of the things is that they're not filling in CRM. And the other one is sales is human. Uh, so there's a lot to say about how many sales tools are in use and um, how people view uh, the usage of sales tech in general. Mm-hmm. Could you give some examples about sales tech that's not CRM? Oh, <laughs> you get a minute. Uh, sure. Give me five. Okay, five. Uh, Well, one of the things that most people know by now is tools like sales intelligence tools. Those are databases where you can find your prospects and all their contact information that's been scraped off of the internet. I think that that's uh, one category people know. You have uh, proposal writers, um, proposal tools that I don't think a lot of people use just yet. We keep on sending these PDFs made from Word documents or PowerPoints, um, but proposal tools are very crafty tools for for sales. Uh, bid management tools. Um, you can have a look at uh, for sales, but also for marketing. Uh, there are tools that do personality indexing. I really like those, uh, and I only got one left. Um, Outreach tools, tools that help you send emails or sequences of emails uh, or combine it with uh, outreaches on social media. So I got five. Yeah, that's the five. And Elias, you're you're doing a lot of sales. <clears throat> Is there something that you would like to add? Well, maybe one thing that I would like to point out here is I, I very much uh, am in favor of what Hanneke says, the online proposal software, um, because uh, specifically there, um, a lot of sales leaders still think uh, PDFs is, uh, are online proposals, um, whereas that's just a document being sent. And the the, the big advantage of um, those online proposals um, is that you can track what, what when they're opened, what what people are seeing. You 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 get a lot of info that you typically don't get when you have a PDF. But mm. the thing that I would like to add here is that we always love to combine those with a personal video. So if you have a, send out an online proposal, mm. we typically have a personal video in there. Um, and I've been on the sales success stories podcast uh, mm-hmm. by Scott Ingram uh, and explained the advantages there. But the big advantage of adding a video there is that you can keep that enthusiasm that you had during the first talk. So typically in B2B, you have a, have a chat with a prospective customer. We're all enthusiastic and then we're sending a dull PDF. Um, you could 
already impress people by sending them a, a an interactive proposal. But by adding that personal video, you keep that enthusiasm. And they're like, hey, that was Hanukkah that we talked to. And um, so first of all, you keep that enthusiasm. Second, The second big advantage there is that you get entrance to the rest of the decision-making unit. So they're sharing that with their counterparts in the decision-making unit, which are typically yeah. like eight or so in, in B2B. So that's something we, we have... Uh, great experiences with so so the one thing i'd like to add i'm using a lot of words here to add something but the <laughs> um the personal video is a is a personal favorite of mine yes yeah yeah can be very strong yes well being a visual person i completely agree with that yeah you can you can have something that has a lot of text but if you have it in a video it's the non-verbal yep. communication part also absolutely and um we've been using online proposal software for six years now at marketing guys and uh, since we're adding personal video, the closing rate has enhanced by 18 percent so one eight percent just by adding video yeah, yeah. i uh I can see that happening. I think that still video is a very underrated uh, part of uh, a method within sales or a mean. But um, I, I still see that a lot of people are very uncomfortable in, for, in front of a camera. They're, you can just put them in the room and ask them to do a presentation. But as soon as there's a camera running, they're not really used to it. I think that with the newer generations who are so used to TikTok and all mm -hmm. of these reels and everything going on, that will disappear for a bit. But that might take a couple of years for them yep. to like actually be in the workforce and be in the position that they have to like create videos for their proposals. The other thing that intrigues me is those outreach tools. So, uh, well, the the solutions like Outreach or or Salesloft, um, they help you to put up those sequences, but they also solve another big problem that you already pointed out: um, filling that CRM. So um, some of those tools will also automatically uh, write a summary of the talk or the telephone telephone conversation or the Teams conversation that you have and put that in your CRM. So you don't even have to type out that uh, conversation anymore. You don't have to summarize it and it will automatically put that in your CRM. Plus it will uh, send or make a setup of a an email to that prospect with mm -hmm. the most important points from that conversation. So it really helps you to um, be proactive instead of reactive as a sales professional, I think. Yeah, and I think there's another upside to it. So we've been nagging about sales not filling CRM for 40 years. And um, one of the things, one of my conclusions is we should stop nag about it and just help these people to do their work Correct. a little bit easier. Because they're running from meeting to meeting, it's super busy, and then the end of the day, they maybe even end of the week, they have to like put everything into their CRM. That's the death for every big database because most of the most of the information is already out of their heads. Mm -hmm. So for me, recording of meetings is something that brings like more data into the CRM easily. Data enrichment does the same is is also very important, like for the hard numbers and everything. But one of the things that people don't really um, realize is that if you record all of your meetings or most of your meetings that you have with clients for marketing, that's going to bring so much more because you can do analysis on the on uh, words people use on 
what has been in focus uh, market shifts that people are talking about? Can we see like a line going on in a certain segment that we could use to actually do advertisements or do better outreaches or nurturing. So I think that that the, the goal is in the data. And as long as we're we're asking salespeople to do it manually, we're gonna be at this point and not really leveraging everything that there is uh, to make our work better. Because for me, the future of sales and with that, the future of marketing is not about doing more, it's about doing better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, completely agree on that part. Um, whilst we're talking about benefits, because this, of course, is a huge benefit for sales uh, people, could you give some more? So what what's in it for them? Um, for sales, and I'm, and I'm going to ask it because that's something that a lot of sales people will hope. Can I just push a button, sales tech, and will that deliver me more revenue? Will I get more sales by? implementing sales tech or is that a little bit too much uh yes and no so it's a big fat no when it comes to like just turning on a machine just like we've done before if you look at implementations for crm being done there's hardly any focus on how can we make the life of sales better it's just all about dashboards and the right fields and and forecasting so it's still a management control system so if we do if we're doing the same thing just turning it on and just like put some stuff from marketing in like the email sequences that they wrote and not giving sales the tools to do it themselves and absolutely understand, it's going to be a no. It's not going to do anything. People are not going to use it. Um, Selecting the wrong tools is not going to help them because most of those tools have awful interfaces. It's an interface where you get lost. There are so many buttons, so much stuff that you can do, but you don't even know what the usage usage is for, uh, what it's for. So... For me, um, if you implement the right tools the right way, it can speed up your sales with 30, 40, maybe even 50%, depending on your specific sector and what's going on in your market and the state of your sales. So, and it's not just the tools, it's it's implementing a process that is centered around your customer and taking out as much of the dumb work that's being done sometimes in sales as you can. So they can actually focus. So like 80% of the time of a sales is not spent with the customer. Can you imagine what would happen if you could like give them instead of 20%, you can give them 40 or 50% with customers, like speeding up lead gen, uh, uh, controlling more opportunities at the same time, uh, speeding up um, the sales cycle itself by helping them follow a process that's been proven um like like if can you just like grasp what that would mean for any given sales team and their and the revenues that they that they have to create so i think that sales tech is very necessary to make big breakthroughs in doing doing more re- revenue having a bigger order intake uh, but it's not something you can just turn on and say, hey, let's go. It's done now. Are organizations ready for this? Is the mindset ready? Because when you talk about this, <clears throat> then it sounds so obvious. Yeah. Oh, gosh, we need sales tech because 50% increase or so. But how, what is your, 
what's your view on that? Um, well, I think that there's been a big shift over the last year. Uh, for me, I've been doing this for a while now. Uh, and the first ideas about forming strives were in 2019, where Charco, my business partner, and I were it was like talking about how come all these B2B sales teams are not using anything more than than a CRM. Um, so we started talking about that. And for a couple of years, it was really hard to have to find like the customers ready, like not being laggards, but just seeing themselves as being pioneers and innovators and using the tech. But now, like last year, November, with the with OpenAI launching ChatGPT 3.5, the whole thing shifted, like entirely. There's like pretty much every sales team is now, hmm, how can I use this? So are they ready? Uh, I I still think that a lot of companies are very immature in how they implement tech, uh, but that's not just sales. It's not just marketing. It's like entire companies. Um, they don't really fully grasp what it means to use the tech, and but that'll come. I think that with the usage, with the experience, and the way that we're implementing these days, so with cloud computing and software as a service, it's so much easier to turn something on and turn it off again if it's if it's not working for you. So uh, are they ready? Maybe not, but they're more than willing. And within sales, I've always found those people are very smart and super creative. They will find a way. So for me, I think that all the signs are there that it's breaking through, finally. Okay, so if I'm an organization, <clears throat> excuse me, and I, I'm listening to this podcast and say, oh gosh, this is this is interesting. I want to do uh, next steps. Are there any requirements or something like that or conditions that an organization should have to well successfully embrace sales tech so that your sales force can really have a benefit? I think that if you really want to like be successful in the implementation of tools for sales is that you should never underestimate the adoption part. And the adoption st for me starts at the, the beginning of a project where you're saying, hey, we want to do this. We want to solve. It starts from the process that you, you should see what problem you have. Where do you lose time or where do you lo lose customers? That's the focal po focus point for your sales tech start. Um, and you need to get like all of those creative casters in your team to make the adoption in the end better. So the way that you're forming it, like uh, the selection the uh, of the tool itself, make them part of it. And if you're doing that, they're going to carry, uh, they're going to be ambassadors for the change in your organization. And after the implementation, you should really focus on adoption. And adoption is not just a training. It's like making sure that you come back to it on a daily basis in the beginning and that it's going to be part of the day-to-day -day work. Uh, and as a leader, you should uh, you should use it yourself as well. You should understand. So what I see a lot is that, for instance, with these trainings, like the entire sales team is there, but their bosses are not. So how would you be able to help your team members adopt anything if you're not willing to invest in it? So it's it's 
being part of that process. It's focusing on uh, how that would work. Make it logical. Don't make it like extra stuff. How can we make it effortless and frictionless? Well, that sounds very sound advice to me. Um, you gave already um, some good advice. I would like to, uh, because unfortunately, with things that have fun, time flies. Mm -hmm. uh, have you got any any tips and recommendations for the listeners to to do the next step? Just not from oh, this is great. We should do something. Mm -hmm. what, what what should they do next to really well start this process? I think that was a, it's a very very good question to bring it back to. What can we do now? I think that the best thing you can do is not start at the tech. So just the idea is we want to do something more with technology because we think it will help us speed up. But then take a step back from the technology, put all of your salespeople in a room and go through your sales process and ask them two questions. Where are you leaving? Uh, uh, where are you losing time? What's killing your time here? What dumb work are you doing that you absolutely hate to do? And the second thing is, is where are you losing your customers? You can have a look at the data, but also ask your team members, what's happening here? What do you see? What do you, what do you run into with your customers? What questions are they asking you cannot answer? Um, are you feeling that like you're giving a wow moment here or do you just deliver up to par or maybe even below par because you don't have the time to do it better? So start with the people and the process. And with that, you'll find absolute gold in where to automate. And for me, if you're just starting, my advice always is focus on the time killers first before you go focus on the um, other conversion killers. Because time killers are easy to manage, easier to implement, and so much easier to measure the effects. So start with something that's absolutely killing time is easy to implement. Uh, once you've done that analysis and where you're killing time. Okay. Thank you so much for that advice, Hanneke. I think that's something really listeners can really start acting on straight away. And with that, I'd like to finish this episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. In the show notes, I'll put a uh, link to your LinkedIn profile as well as a link to your book and your website. Um, mm -hmm. And I would like to thank you very much for being on the show, Hanneke. Uh, very welcome but it was so short like 20 minutes it's like it's flying away there's so much more to say we'll invite you for our next episode in uh, 2024 oh, that would be great thank you thanks for listening to this episode of the marketing technology podcast if you enjoyed this podcast please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform or itunes also if you want to be a guest or know someone that should be a guest to our show, shoot me an email on e.crum at marketingguys.nl. Thank you for listening.